From Grangeville to Lapway, we've got your District 2 breakdown right here on the Palouse PrepCast with Garrison Hardy. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Palouse PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, breaking down everything District 2 week in, week out. I'm Brandon Bainey. I'm joined by Garrison Hardy. Garrison, what's going on up there in uh, northwest Idaho? Well, let me tell you, the, the weather's starting to get cooler up here in Moscow. Thank goodness. Uh, you know, and uh, all in all, things are rocking and rolling up on our end. And uh, let me tell you, we're about 10 days away from football. So uh, we're getting excited up here. Yeah, teams are out practicing. Um, I know soccer is going to start uh, in earnest this weekend as well. And then volleyball is just around the corner, too. Absolutely. It's a great time of year, especially for those students athletes i remember you know back when i used to play just getting to this time of year where uh you would have football and then roll right into basketball or whatever sport you happen to be playing it's it was just a an exciting time of year and it was good to get back into the sports you love yeah it's it's nice uh to because you're beating up on each other at practice and you're doing two days and so you're like you're you're looking forward to that first game to go hit somebody else right Oh, absolutely. You know, and, uh, I was fortunate enough to play on a team where there were basically no fights at all. Uh, it was uh, we all realized that we were working towards a common goal. And at the end of the day, we did want to hit other people instead. <laughs> so opening uh, there was something about kicking the ball off for the first time in a new season where it really felt like you were going to war. And uh, th- there was a lot of intensity, so I can I can safely assume that uh, for these teams uh, up here in District Two and across the entire state of Idaho, we're looking at the same thing. Yeah. So last week we we kind of tackled Lewiston and how we thought they were going to do football wise in the uh, Inland Empire League, and then we dove into the White Pine League, which is kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Eight man football, one A classification. T- today we're going to focus on those schools that are in the middle, those. Uh, those 4A, 2A programs. And so Moscow is right where you're located. They had an interesting season last year where they didn't even think they were going to have a season. And then at the end of September, all of a sudden they started playing. Right. Yeah. The school had voted to only allow intramural type sports, uh, but uh, due to a loud protest from the parents and the athletes, they okay, let's let's let this go. Let's see what happens. And, uh, you know, they didn't start until uh, September 25th, I think, was their first game. So the team kind of coach Hebling did a great job of organizing the team. And they kind of had to scramble to put together the the offense and the defense and the different schemes and plays and whatnot. Uh, And uh, all in all, I would say it was pretty darn successful. And, uh, you know, they they went uh, four and two that season and. They went to the playoffs and they had some great. I was fortunate enough to cover their Lewiston game in the Kibbe Dome that year. Saw their talent. Uh, all in all, I think uh, it was pretty successful for Moscow given the circumstances. So yeah, so Moscow uh, didn't have a really. It's hard when you go into a season not expecting to play, and then all of a sudden you turn around and say, "Yes, we are going to play." And we're pretty much just going to play the games that count, <laughs> our conference games, essentially. I mean, they did play one or two non-conference, but how hard is that uh, mentally to to flip that switch and get ready for that? 
Well, if I can help people understand a little bit, uh, football takes a lot more choreography and, uh, it, you know, setting up different schemes and whatnot than maybe some other sports would. You know, for uh, for basketball, you can kind of just go out and run a simple motion kind of offense, simple man-to-man defense, and you'll at least have the foundation of what you're that's not the case with football with football there's different blocking schemes there are different uh passing schemes receivers running different routes together and they have to be uh choreographed uh choreographed and planned in the right way otherwise maybe the receivers are getting too close on top of each other and that makes it easier for the defense to key in on defensively it's a little bit easier just because you can you know lay out a simple defensive scheme just tell the guys to go cover a certain guy blitz a certain direction and you more often than not would be fine, but offense, it takes a little bit to get rolling. So for a team as high powered on offense as Moscow, they like to go vertical. Uh, that, that could have been a challenge, I imagine. But again, Coach Hebling did a great job getting these guys ready to go. And I'm sure uh, some of the senior experience from uh, Chad Redinger at quarterback certainly played into that too. Yeah, so let's talk about that. He was uh, like a three-year starter at quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure if he was a three-time Inland Empire League MVP, but he, I, as an underclassman, he did win the award a couple of times. Um, how do you replace that? I mean, that 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 is a lot of production to replace. Well, I tell you, Dom Hutton, uh, the junior coming in, darndest. <laughs> but in any case, he's going to have a, a decent bit of help as far as weapons returning as well. You look at Isaiah Murphy at running back and then Cody Isaacson at wide receiver. Those two are experienced players and they have been a part of this offense before. So he's going to be able to lean a little bit on them when it comes to, uh, you know, getting the ball, getting, getting settled, I would say. Uh, the one downside is uh, Moscow did lose uh, one of the best tight end linebackers uh, mix that they've had in a while in Jonah Ellis, who's now at the University of Utah, uh, which tells us uh, he, he was outstanding in that game against Lewiston and almost single-handedly carried them to that victory. But in any case, uh, they this team still has some weapons and some experience on the offensive side of the ball. Once again, the question might be a little bit more towards the defensive side of things as far as youth is concerned. Yeah, uh, Jonah Ellis, uh, the top-rated prospect in the entire state last year in terms of college football, and uh, as you mentioned, moving on to a pretty big-time program, so that's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, That Inland Empire League, I think, didn't get a lot of respect last year because of the way the schedules had to be readjusted and things like that, and so uh, what happened is we got to the playoffs, and Sandpoint won their first-round game, and People were really complaining about Sandpoint getting a top five seed uh, as a district champ. You had Moscow travel to a district champ, Jerome, and get a big playoff win. And then you had Lakeland, the third team, travel to Century, another district champ, and almost knock off the Diamondbacks. They lost 17 to 14. I I think there was a lot of good football up north last year, and I think there's going to be just as good football this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, you look at Sandpoint, uh, you look at Lakeland, you look at Moscow, they still, even though the pesky graduation bug got them a little bit, uh, they still have a lot of firepower and a lot of weapons coming back for all of those teams. And you, you mentioned Sandpoint, Sandpoint, a team that started one and four and seemed destined to just uh, a quick end of the season. Uh, next thing you know, they win two straight games. And like you said, there was a lot of people complaining about letting a three and four team in things but then sandpoint kind of quieted some of those complaints by winning two straight one of those including moscow uh but i think the inland empire 4a side of things you know kind of gets forgotten about and uh, as you look at uh, some of these matchups coming up here this next year they have a chance to really uh make some noise i would say you look at sandpoint they play literally almost the entire uh, 5A side of things in the Inland Empire League. You know, you got Lewiston, you've got, uh, you've got Coeur d'Alene. You've got, uh, they're, they're playing games. So that's going to be a tough, tough schedule that they're going against. Post Falls, Lake City, uh, throw those in there too. They're playing all four of them. So uh, Sandpoint has a chance to really make a statement and um, potentially make some noise for the 4A side of things. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to see those three teams duke it out all season long. Yeah, the same thing happened in basketball a couple of years ago in boys basketball where uh, the Inland Empire League was kind of undervalued coming into state, and Moscow, their boys basketball team, got all the way to the championship uh, where they lost to Preston, but they came in with not much fanfare because, oh, up north they don't play anybody. But anyways... <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You just know uh, that's why these things aren't played on paper. You never know. And, uh, you know, I again, you know, I look at Lakeland. Lakeland lost uh, a very impressive prospect. Uh, he was six foot five at tight end and defensive end, uh, Ammon Mayner, uh, who's now playing at Weber State. So there's talent to be had in this league. And uh, again, they have a chance to make some noise. So uh, when you look at Moscow's schedule, how does it look? I mean, because you talked about Sandpoints playing all the 5A IEL squads and, and Lakeland is playing a lot of those as well. They're playing some Washington schools. How did Moscow go about filling out their, their schedule? Well, uh, I would say, you know, as far as Moscow is concerned, the, with, their, with their schedule, it's kind of difficult. There's not a lot of room for error. Uh, because they only have two other conference foes, they've only got two conference games. So as a result, they're going to be doing a lot of the same filling in that Sandpoint and Lakeland is going to be doing. And as opposed to other conferences, the non-conference games still do have, uh, I would say, play an important uh, for Moscow when it comes to playoff time. You know, that's going to be looked at, especially with only three teams in conference. Ties can come into effect as far as wins and losses go. So how Moscow performs in their non-conference schedule uh, is certainly going to come into play as we get closer to playoff time. So, again, Moscow kind of filled out their schedule in a similar format, just like uh, Lakeland did, as well as Sandpoint. Uh, although I would say Sandpoint probably went the tougher route. <laughs> right. Yeah, it looks like Moscow uh, is going to play Lake City and Lewiston. And then they, they picked up some interesting... Uh, I, I kind of like this idea from Moscow because of this new Max Preps rating system. One of the things they factor in is your opponent's winning percentage. And so what does mm -hmm. Moscow do? 
They schedule Grangeville, which is going to be probably the champion from, from the 2A Central Idaho League. They schedule Timberlake, which is going to be probably the champion from District 1 at the 3A level. I like that. Two teams that are probably going to pile up a lot of wins can only help Moscow's resume, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously Moscow has to do the job of beating those pretty successful programs, which in a year with so much flux, as far as graduation is concerned, it's going to be a challenge. And you look at those successful programs like Grangeville and Timberlake, like you mentioned, Moscow is going to be in for a bit of a dogfight or a bear fight if if they would rather. (laughs) But um, uh, nonetheless, smart, savvy scheduling by all three of those conference teams because they know in the end, like a well, like we've touched on with only three teams in the conference, they've got to make up for it with these. Then uh, I, I honestly kind of like the win percentage idea when it comes to playoffs uh, potential and whatnot in that uh, we're going to get some great matchups out of this because teams are going to take that into consideration and say, okay, let's, let's go out and find some real talented programs that we can go against. Uh, and uh, that just uh, helps us uh, that we, the viewers win on that. Yes. Everybody wins in that scenario. And then I just wanted to mention the last two games for Moscow here uh, against Washington opponents, Clarkston and Pullman. Those are both pretty big rivals of Moscow, but, but for those that, that aren't there and don't understand the gratification or the uh, impact of this rivalry series. Let's, let's start with Clarkston first. I know that's a big one. What is that rivalry really like? Well, for Clarkston and Moscow, it's not as big as the battle of the border between Lewiston and Clarkston, but still, uh, you know, Moscow and Clarkston, they, they, there is a dislike for each other uh, in that they're not that far away. And uh, anytime Clarkston can get a leg up on Moscow and, you know, as far as history is concerned, Moscow is kind of behind Pullman. They're kind of behind, they've, they've always kind of been, I guess you could say, looked down upon by some of their Washington counterparts. So Clarkston can add to that. They love it. And then Moscow, anytime that they can beat a solid quality opponent in Clarkston, who always has talented athletes coming out of there, that's a huge win for them. Uh, and we've seen Moscow recently. They're starting to churn out some talented athletes of their own and really starting to make more of a name for themselves. So uh, in order to beat a rival like Clarkston, who's not that far away and on the Washington side of things, uh, I, th- I think they, they, they would very much like to uh, add a notch into that belt, so to speak. Yeah. And then, and then the, the bigger rivalry is Pullman because I mean, they're, they're right there, right? They're, they're not far from each other. Exactly. My my father actually went to Pullman High School. And uh, whenever I bring it, when, you know, we would drive by Moscow's high school every once in a while. And uh, even he had some snide comments for the Bears said, oh, they were always terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tell us how you really feel, Dad. Uh, So uh, there's their crosstown rivals, just like Lewiston and Clarkston. And there's always going to be that uh, level of dislike. Uh, But with Pullman Moscow, uh, uh, I don't know how it's been recently as, you know, I haven't had the chance to cover one of those games, but Pullman Moscow, there's certain there's there's a little bit of uh, dislike between the two of them. Um, so and, you know, you look at uh, U of I and WSU, uh, they there's a rivalry there. Just the eight mile 
the eight mile border rivalry, as they called it. Um, so uh, there, there's certainly a Pullman versus Moscow vibe uh, that we'll be, need to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, for sure. That'll be a lot of fun. So that's Moscow in a nutshell. We think they're going to be pretty solid again this year, and it'll be nice to see them playing some of those opponents they didn't get to play last year, particularly from Washington. Okay, so we mentioned that Moscow is going to play Grangeville, which uh, I think is the heavy favorite in the Central Idaho League, the CIL Class 2A. It's it's just like the uh, IEL, the Inland Empire League. It's, it's a three-team conference with Grangeville, Orofino, and St. Mary's. Absolutely. And uh, all three of those teams also don't like each other. Kind of the result of having only three conference opponents that you're going to see on an annual basis. Uh, For Grangeville, they're always going to be a challenge. You know, no matter uh, if it's an up year or a down year, they're always going to be a tough outing. And that's certainly going to be the same here. You know, years past when I've covered them, they've had some talented athletes uh, that they've sent to um, they've sent to Montana State. Uh, they've sent to a ton of Northwestern schools up here. So they know ball out there. And uh, this is certainly going to be the case once again. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know Orofino and St. Mary's are keeping an eye on it because uh, you know, all three of these teams in that conference lost a lot of experience, but not maybe not by the way of graduation, but by way of losing game time. This is one of the hardest hit conferences in the state of Idaho with regards to losing game time. Orofino only got to play three games when they had, you know, an eight game schedule set and ready to go. Um, so as a result, um, Grangeville and St. Mary's only got to play about four. So all of those teams have lost a lot of practice time, a lot of film time, a lot of preparation time, uh, and they're going to kind of need to hustle up and put it together. Uh, but Grangeville, talented coaching staff as ever. Uh, they're going to, and of course, great team, which is why they're favorited uh, in this conference. They're going to be able to, you know, hopefully get it, get the ball rolling uh, sooner than later. Yeah, I felt bad for Grangeville last year because they did have a smaller amount of games compared to the other schools around the state of Idaho. And uh, the way Max Preps does it now is uh, all the teams in the football postseason get uh, seeded. So the IHSAA has partnered with Max Preps on this. Every team gets a rating and uh, your district champions get the first five slots or however many districts there are. And then from there, it's at-large teams. And so... Grangeville last year got the number eight seed overall. I think if they had been able to play a full schedule of games, they would have been a little bit higher. But because of that, they they finished eighth and had to uh, go play at number one West Side uh, in the quarterfinal round, which was a tough matchup. And they only lost twenty eight to seven to the eventual state champs. But uh, it was just kind of a tough draw because of the max preps rating. Absolutely, you know. Then there's always going to be pros and cons to. Uh, systems that are put out there. And uh, it just so happens that uh, we got hit by something that was unprecedented as far as the way sports were impacted across the country. A lot of teams didn't even get to have seasons altogether. So, um, you know, they're, they adjusted and they did their best with the schedule that they had, uh, but uh, it just wasn't meant to be in that regard. So looking forward to this eight game schedule that they've got ahead. I'm sure the the Bulldogs are chomping at the bit, literally. 
Yeah, they've got some good players coming back. You know, Caleb Fry is a great two-way uh, running back and linebacker. He made our list of top 10 linebackers uh, in the state of Idaho that we did uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, you can see all those on our website, idahosports.com. Um, they got Miles LaFay coming back. They've got Isaac Dewey up front leading the offensive line. So you, Grangeville's got some good, talented players coming back. And, uh, yeah, I think they're the overwhelming favorite in the CIL. When we look at their schedule – um, they've done a pretty good job. You know, they've got, um, like we talked about, they've got Moscow coming up on the schedule. They've got the two league games, of course, at the end of the year. But then they did a really nice job filling in with some other tough opponents. I mean, they're going to go play Weezer, which is a 3A team that a lot of people think could go really far this year. They've got a quarterback, actually, Brett Spencer, who uh, got an offer from the Idaho Vandals to, to play quarterback. So that's going to be – they're playing McCall Donnelly. That's a 3A program. Kellogg is a 3A. You know, they're playing Melba. That's going to be the fun game. They, they played the two league games, October 8th and 15th, and then on the 22nd they play Melba in a non-conference game that could be a preview of a playoff matchup down the, down the line. Absolutely. You know, if there's one thing I've noticed about Grangeville over the past couple of years is they will play anybody at any time, anywhere. Uh, they have kind of that grit and toughness about them. And in the past, when I've seen them play, last time I saw them play was against Lighthouse Christian. Uh, they just have this hard nose play style that does not look fun to play against <laughs> uh, on defense. They're going to come at you. They're going to hit you hard. Uh, they have a lot of speed on the on the field at any given time offensively they love to run the ball they have in the past and then they they'll hit you once you get sucked in on that run over the top uh this is a well-coached team a smart coached program uh who plays football the right way hard-nosed blue collar kind of like grangeville is as a town uh and i expect nothing less especially even against these these uh I guess, bigger division schools, the Grangeville's not going to be intimidated by that. They're ready to go, which is why we're seeing them on the schedule, of course. Plus, uh, given this new format, that's that could only help if, if uh, they're able to pick up some Ws along the way. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to chart Grangeville and their progress throughout the season for sure. That'll uh, that'll do it uh, for this edition of the Palouse Prep Cast. We, we dove into Moscow and the IEL and uh, Grangeville and Orofino and the uh, CIL. It's all these three uh, letter acronyms for the leagues up there, and they all end in L. They're league. They're not conferences. They're leagues. I like that. That's right. And as a play by play announcer, I don't get confused by that at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, whoever named these. Uh, in any case, you know, we're, we're about 10 days away. I'm incredibly excited as kickoff approaches. Jason and I will be in the booth week one, ready to go uh down in lewiston i uh, and i uh, we're we're more than excited to bring it you the fans on idahosports.com some great district two football yeah that season opener lewiston against cuna we will uh dive more into that matchup next week here on the palouse prep cast and get you ready for that debut broadcast of the season of north and district two thanks for uh being with us here on idahosports.com friendly reminder there's a couple of ways you can uh, get this uh, podcast. You can get it at our website, idahosports.com. Across the top of the uh, homepage, we now have a PrepCast uh, bar, and it'll have a drop-down menu with all of our PrepCasts on there. You just click on the Palouse PrepCast, and the player's right there on the page, and you can play all the episodes. You can also download this podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We got approved by Apple, finally, and Woo. Google 
Google, I don't know, man. Google did something messed up. They so we've got like eight different prep casts we do each week. This is going to be some inside baseball stuff. Uh, we do eight different prep casts each week, and each one has what's called an RSS feed, and that's basically how we supply our episodes to the podcast distributors. Well, they took all eight and put them all to the same RSS feed. So everything was going from the, the magic Valley prep cast, our twin falls based district four prep cast. So that was the only one that was actually getting pushed out. So perfect. Perfect. Technology is the greatest. <laughs> I've been, uh, I guess that is the supreme area in Idaho, right? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly. <laughs> I don't know about that, but, uh, yeah, so we're working on that with Google, and that should be fixed here in the next couple of days, hopefully. So uh, you can also catch the video uh, on our YouTube channel uh, and also our Facebook page. It's going to be fun to watch this one, Garrison, because a couple of times the audio lagged, and then your mouth moves really super fast as it tries to catch back up. So that's going to be, I think, entertaining for people to watch. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, we just wanted to add that little feature in for you guys uh, as you tuned in here. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, we'll have that fixed next week. Uh, so, uh, you know, stay tuned. Unless you like it, let us know. Yeah. Hey, maybe you're into that. And uh, we always, of course, want your feedback as well. If there's certain players or teams or topics you want us to talk about, uh, you can email me, Brandon at IdahoSports.com. I'm also on Twitter at Brandon underscore Bainey. And uh, we, we'll, we'll get it on. We'll, we'll get it on the rundown and, and talk about it. So we want to hear from you, the fans as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a community effort here at IdahoSports.com. That's right. And stay tuned. We're going to want to get uh, Logos in on this at some point, give a little introduction to the community, especially since this is going to be their first time with varsity up here in district two. I'm fortunate enough to know uh, some of the people involved as far as the coaching side of things with Logos. So we'll see if we can get them on here and uh, add a little bit more depth to that program here on the show. Yeah, that would be great. Nick Holloway is the, uh, the, the head coach there. I've, I've texted him a couple of times. So yeah, he's, he's, he seems like a really great guy. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, Logos Lewiston, that's going to keep us busy uh, with the broadcast schedule up North this fall. You can look at our broadcast schedule on idahosports.com. Just look at the game streams um, schedule and we've got it kind of outlined for the season on what we're going to be covering next week. Garrison, we are going to have 18 games between video and audio for what's really the opening week of the season how exciting is that oh it's just the best and you know the cool thing about idahosports.com is you can have numerous game streams up at once that you can kind of go back and forth to uh so it just like in college football the nfl you can flip back and forth between other games on different networks. IdahoSports.com, you don't have to flip back between different networks. We have it all right here uh, for you live uh, with different game streams all across the state. So if you want to check out some 5A action down in the Boise area, if you want to see games going on up here, you can do it all right from IdahoSports.com. Uh, I know that I'll be taking a look at some of the teams, especially up here in District 2, uh, that do that get going uh, as we uh, approach kickoff of the season. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You could have your own red zone, basically. That's <laughs> I right. I don't know if that's <laughs> copyrighted. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. We might get sued for saying red zone, but I'll take that chance. <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect all right well the lawyer's telling me to cut it off now so i guess that'll do it for this edition of the palouse prep cast 